friend. Welcome to the H Spot. My name is Hava, and this is a podcast where I read you things.、Um, whether it's books that I find interesting, or happy pieces of news, or cool articles, or whatever, really.、Um, it's basically for the times when you wish you were here with somebody and. For one reason or the other, someone's not available. So, this podcast is for you if you just want to have a friend in your ear. For this episode, I'm going to be continuing with the Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Last episode, I read to you Chapter One, The Man at the Door. This episode is going to be String Theory.、Um, now, this is also a Warning that I will not really be editing these episodes super well. So if I do say something wrong or get angry and cuss at this book, <laughs>、uh, yeah, just ignore that. All right, enjoy. String theory. When she was younger, her dad used to stand by the side of the swimming pool. Clenched jawed, his eyes darting between a stopwatch and his daughter, as she tried to beat her personal best. She thought of that long gone look of judgment that often met her after a burst of effort, as she now arrived breathless and late for her afternoon shift at String Theory. I'm sorry, she told Neil in the scruffy little windowless box of an office. My cat died last night, and I had to bury him. Well, someone helped me bury him. But then I was alone in my flat, and I couldn't sleep, and I forgot to set the alarm, and didn't wake up until midday, and then had to rush. This was all true, as she imagined her appearance, including makeup-free face, loose makeshift ponytail, and the same second-hand green corduroy pinafore dress she had worn to work all week, garnished with a general air of tired despair, would back her up. Neil looked up from his computer and leaned back in his chair. He joined his hands together and made the steeple of his index fingers, which he placed under his chin, as if he was Confucius con- contemplating a deep philosophical truth about the universe, rather than the boss of a musical equipment shop dealing with a late employee. There was a massive Fleetwood Mac poster on the wall behind him, the top right corner of which had come unstuck and flopped down like a puppy's ear. Listen, Nora, I like you. Neil was harmless. A fifty-something guitar aficionado who liked cracking bad jokes and playing passable old Dylan covers live in the store. And I know you've got mental health stuff. Everyone's got mental health stuff. You know what I mean. I'm feeling much better, generally. She lied. It's not clinical. The doctor says it's a situational depression. It's just that I keep on having new situations. But I haven't taken a sick day off for it at all, apart from when my mom. Yeah, apart from that. Neil sighed. When he did so, he made a whistling sound out of his nose, an ominous B flat. Nora, how long have you worked here? Twelve years, and she knew this too well. Eleven months and three days, on and off. That's a long time. I feel like you're made for better things. You're in your late thirties. I'm thirty-five. You've got so much going for you. You teach people piano. One person. He brushed a crumb off his sweater. Did you picture yourself stuck in your hometown, working in a shop? You know, when you were fourteen, what did you picture yourself as? At fourteen, a swimmer. 
She's been the fastest 14-year-old in the country at breaststroke and second fastest at free second fastest at freestyle. She remembered standing on a podium at the national swimming championships. So what happened? She closed her eyes. She remembered the chlorine-scented disappointment of finishing second. There was a lot of pressure. Pressure makes us tough. You start off as coal, and pressure makes you a diamond. She didn't correct his knowledge of diamonds. She didn't tell him that while coal and diamonds are both carbon, coal is too impure to be able to, under whatever pressure, become a diamond. According to science, you start off as coal and you end up as coal. Maybe that was a real life lesson. She smoothed a stray strand of her coal black hair up towards her ponytail. What are you saying, Neil? It's never too late to pursue a dream. Pretty sure it's too late to pursue that one. You're a very well-qualified person, Nora. Degree in philosophy. Nora stared down at the small mole on her left hand. That mole had been through everything she'd been through, and it just stayed there, not caring, just being a mole. Not a massive demand for philosophers in Bedford, if I'm honest, Neil. You went to uni, had a year in London, they came back. I didn't have much of a choice. Nora didn't want a conversation about her dead mum, or even Dan because Neil had found Nora's backing out of a wedding with two days notice, the most fascinating love story since Kurt and Courtney. We all have choices, Nora. There's such a thing as free will. Well, none of you subscribe to a deterministic view of the universe. Why here? It was either here or the animal rescue center. This paid better. Plus, you know, music. You were in a band with your brother. I was, the labyrinths. We weren't really going anywhere. Well, your brother tells a different story. This took Nora by surprise. Joe, how do you... He bought an amp. When? Friday. He was in Bedford? Unless it was a hologram, like Tupac. He was probably visiting Ravi, Nora thought. Ravi was her brother's best friend. While Joe had given up the guitar and moved to London for a crap IT job he hated, Ravi had, had stuck to Bedford. He played in a cover band now, called Slaughterhouse 4, doing pub gigs around town. Right. That's interesting. Nora was pretty certain her brother knew Friday was her last day off. The fact crowded her from inside. I'm happy here. Except you aren't. He was right. A soul sickness festered within her. Her mind was throwing itself up. She widened her smile. I mean, I'm happy with this job. Happy as in, you know, satisfied. Neil, I need this job. You're a good person. You worry about the world, the homeless, the environment. I need a job. He was back in his Confucius pose. You need freedom. I don't want freedom. This isn't a nonprofit organization, though I have to say it is rapidly becoming one. Look, Neil, is this about what I said the other week about you needing to modernize things? I've just got some ideas about how to get younger people. No, he said defensively. This place used to just be guitars. String theory, get it? I diversified, made this work. It's just when times are tough, I can't pay you to put off customers with your face looking like a wet weekend. What? I'm afraid, Nora. He paused for a moment. About the time it takes to lift an axe into the air, I'm going to have to let you go. And that is chapter two, the string theory. I hope you enjoyed this.
And I hope you come back for another episode and another friend in your ear. This was the eighth spot. And thank you. Mm-hmm.